Hello, and welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this week we are here with Season 7, Episode 12, Christmas Break. Hooray! Ding, 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 ding. I wish I'd thought to bring actual sleigh bells to this recording uh, session. I, didn't th- I don't think we own any bells. That's probably better. I can jingle some keys. Oh, here you go. It's Christmas! Christmas! Um, all right, we're going to jump into the episode this week. Uh, it's a fun, festive holiday episode for your December. Yes. So, congratulations us for being back on a temporal scheme with Will and Grace this or something. This happens every once in a blue moon. Yeah, it's like every like two or three seasons we get to be back on the Christmas track. And it's like, yes! Christmas track! Christmas! Christmas! I feel like we could probably go back through our notes and find out what actually, which ones actually lined up, but that's... No, Way too much that's effort. too much commitment. We trust, I know the first one, for sure. I, we trust that the rest of y'all in Missouri can figure that out. <laughs> Alright, here's the episode description. Christmas break. Grace accidentally breaks a treasured figurine at Will's mother's, Blythe Danner, holiday party and blames it on another guest. I would like to clarify that it was not actually at her holiday party. It was at a lady's tea. That is 100% different now, so... It way to be Hulu. different. No, it, it's it is different. No, I'm not. I'm not judging you. I'm totally agreeing. Like, ladies' teas are clearly like a completely different social event. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Hulu description is totally, totally spies. <laughs> okay, I actually really liked Totally Spies, but I honestly couldn't tell you if it was because it kind of had a crush on the Butch one when I was a kid or not. Totally Spies, based on my recollection, was fascinating because it was a a hundred percent groundbreaking because they were spies. But also, B wasn't totally groundbreaking because it was clearly a clone of Charlie's Angels, and they but all it was like anime, and they all displayed traditional femininity. I also this is one thing that I remember very specifically about their costumes is that somehow the shoes were like attached to yes, the... and they were full body suits, including the shoes. It was like a completely. full on jumpsuit, which seems crazy. And they had heels because, of course, they had heels. impractical for a bunch of spies. Totally spies. Totally spies. Okay, that's not important. What is important is the Jack and Karen plotline, which we did not talk about yet, and we're going to talk about right now. I'm Pern Happily. This is a podcast. You're listening to my voice out loud through your ears. Okay, so my favorite throwaway bit from the uh, Karen and, and Jack plotline is the bit where uh, Jack is telling Karen the story of the 12 gays of Christmas. Oh my god, I wish I could have heard the whole story. Mm-hmm. Like... It is, Amazing. Especially because the implication seems to be that there were 12 gays that he fucked at Christmas. And that's impressive. That's a Some lot of us can't even fuck one gay at Christmas. On the first gay of Christmas. I don't... That sounds pornographic. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to think about what he did to the first gay of Christmas. I hope it was sexy. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Jack is like... Is he like a top? Or like a power bottom? I actually kind of feel like Jack is a top. Mm-hmm. He seems like the sort of swishy sort of person who you'd assume is a bottom. I think you get in the bedroom right. and he's just like... I think that's it. I think to a straight, I think he's like, oh, well, that gay is acting feminine, so he must be a bottom. But I feel like in the gay community, it's like, that gay has a lot of energy. He is definitely a top. He's just got too much energy to bottom, I yeah. feel like. He's, I mean, I think, he's gotta do it. He's I do think do that Jack could be a power bottom, but I... I don't think it's his go-to. Yeah. I think he's... I mean, and look he's at it like... He's probably like a, a top-leaning verse. And, like, the handful of times we've seen him in a relationship, he's definitely been with someone who seems, like, mostly a bottom. Yes. So, this isn't talked about in the episode, 
at all, just as an FYI. But we just needed to talk about it. It seemed very important and relevant. Um, the episode this week is actually about Karen and her stepdaughter. Olivia! Which is kind of fascinating because, so, long-time listeners know that we're watching this in conjunction with the revival. Yes. And last season, we believe in the revival, mm-hmm. Aya Cash came in and played Karen's stepdaughter. Aya Cash is famous from You're the Worst mm-hmm. as Gretchen. Which is a show that we have not caught up with because we're the worst. But it's kind of great because I didn't realize that Olivia was in any of the original episodes. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was kind of like a bizarro moment where I was like, oh, oh, you existed already. Like, we didn't, like, like, in my mind, I was like, oh, what a great idea of Will and Grace to, like, take a character who's been mentioned offstage and, like, finally bring her on screen. But we actually kind of get to see her here. Yes. Um, and so we learn that her new step father is doing some sort of plastic surgery procedure on both her brother mason and her mother yes wasn't it the the fat of her brother's belly was being taken out to be put into her mother's ass yes i believe that is what is happening amazing i I don't know if medical science is actually there i mean i think it is i just think you're not supposed to well i'm now i'm upset because i've been saying for years that i would donate a boob and like no one wanted to take me up on this so i think like, you can't just take one boob i think you gotta take both well i would like to give them like a little for me <laughs> for listeners at home i am now fondling my boobs mm. they're heavy now if we were uh ira and the douche this is where i would have like a, <laughs> a nice good sound cue for that but no! Crazy Ira and the douche. And then we'd have a lady in a uh, jello pool, even though this is a radio show and you couldn't see them. Yeah, that's something that always fascinated me about, like, shock jocks in general. Like, the stuff that they were like, oh, and she's taking off her top. I'm like, this is an audio format. She's clearly not taking off her top. She's just sitting there being like, that's so funny, Ira. And if she is taking off her top. It's just for Ira. It's just for Ira and the douche, of course. course. Don't leave him out. Of course. He went to Harvard. (laughs) Horrifying. This is a Parks and Rec podcast now. Um, But I love the fact that, like, recognizing that this was something that had happened in Will and Grace that the revival was pulling from. It was nice then to see that the revival got the dynamic really right mm-hmm. because, like, it was kind of like it felt felt to me like a sequel to the other episode, but clearly it was the other way around. Mm-hmm. But it had that same kind of dynamic where, like, Karen is like pretending like she doesn't care, but clearly really cares, mm-hmm. and Olivia is doing the same thing in reverse. Yes, because the setup is basically Olivia has to come stay with Karen because she has nowhere else to go due to the. Plastic surgery. Liposuction transplant. Whatever. Um, and so, like, Karen is like, oh, why would she be here? She's getting in the way of my drinking in yeah. the dark. She's literally like, this is ruining my Christmas plans, which are to sit alone and drink in the dark. Mm-hmm. And Jack's plans also, which are to turn Karen so she doesn't choke on her own vomit. That's an important part of the plan. Which was a super dark uh, <laughs> addition. Every once in a while, Will and Grace just gets, like, a little dark. Yeah, it's like, yeah, like... Jack is actively keeping Karen alive. It's fine. Everything's fine. But don't worry, because he gives that up this year so, so he, he can hang out with Olivia. Yes, because Karen's just sort of like, I don't want to deal with her. You deal with her. Right. And so Jack Jack and Olivia actually hit it off really well. And I think that the episode seems to be implying it's because they both have the mentality of a teenage girl. I mean, the episode's not wrong, but the episode could also acknowledge that Jack already has a child. Who is a teenager. Who is a teenager. Which, I mean, obviously they didn't do because why would Elliot come back for no reason? This is about the time when Elliot sort of just, like, drops out of the narrative. Yeah. Just kind of like, he's kind of like the other kid on Friends where, like, as soon as Ross gets another kid, yeah, he's like, oh, I don't, I'm not interested in you anymore. They just, what, they couldn't get Dylan and Cole Sprouse back? Like, 
Like, oh, their child schedules were too intense. Actually, Dylan Colesprouse's child schedules might have been too intense, because I feel like that was kind of when Sweet Life came out. No, I don't think Sweet Life came out until after Friends ended. Really? Yeah, I think that Not was... Not worth going back and looking at. I think that was a post-2005 thing. Colesprouse, if you're listening to this podcast, first of all, why? Second of all, let us know if you were working on The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody at that point. Why are you only addressing Cole Sprouse? Because Cole Sprouse is the cool one who's on Riverdale. Dylan Sprouse is like a loser now. Sorry, Dylan. Hey, Dylan, if you're listening to this podcast, that seems more like you. That makes sense. Welcome to the family, bro. Do you live in Missouri? <laughs> How did you know that Dylan Sprouse had a secret mansion in Missouri? Wouldn't you if you had that sweet, sweet Disney money? Yeah, admittedly, like, if I could afford to have a plane fly me wherever I needed to go, I wouldn't be living in anywhere, like, fancy. I mean, I might live, like, here in Philly or something, but, like... No. Mm. All these celebrities who are like, I want to live in LA now. It's like, bitch, you could have your own airport. You could have Not your like own a plane. island. Like a pl- you could have your own airport. Like, Jessica Beale's got the right idea. Like, she's living out in Montana where nobody's paying attention, raising her kid alone with a fleet of nannies because she and Justin Timberlake aren't actually married. They're just faking it. Mm-hmm. Hashtag conspiracy theories. Hashtag not a conspiracy. Hashtag just real life. Hashtag stink juice. <laughs> I saw this thing the other day, and it was, like, a list of, like, people who were trying to say somebody's name or, like, speak English in general and fucked up. And one of the things on there was, I was trying to say Justin Timberlake, but instead I said Jimber Timber. (laughs) (laughs) And now all I can think of is, like, hashtag Jimber Timber. Hashtag Jimber Timber. Like, that's the name of the conspiracy. That's an amazing, amazing, amazing combination of syllables. Jimber Timber. Jimber Timber. Jimber Timber. (laughs) I don't think we have anything else to say about this episode plot. Yeah. I Tragically, mean, like, it's not that dense. It's not that dense. Uh, Karen kind of embarrasses Olivia at oh, one Oh, yeah, point. that's kind of funny. She, like, goes to the mall to, like, try and be hip with the kids and, like... like and fails miserably. And, like, talks about all the places she shops at the mall, but, like, actively gagging while she does it. Right. And... I just mean, Karen's, like, a 200-year-old socialite who has never set foot in a mall, except for that one time she went to Yonkers with Grace. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Like, it doesn't make any sense for her to be trying to play this, but, like, that's how much she actually wants to connect with Olivia. Yes. And how jealous she is of Jack for, like, actually doing it. Yeah, and, um, then there's also the moment where she tries to go get a beer at the mall. Oh, yeah, that was weird. And I feel like in the early 2000s, there were rarely any beer services at the mall. That's the funny thing, is that you probably actually could get a beer at most malls in America today now. Mm-hmm. So, congratulations, Karen. You won. You did it. Does Karen even drink beer? No, absolutely not. But, I mean... That's for the help. Not even unless you're desperate. <sighs> I mean, I think she doesn't as much drink it as she just kind of, like, pours it on the floor and lays in it. She sort of seems like the type of person who would definitely do the thing where you, like, soak a tampon in alcohol and stick it up your ass. Oh, that's so true. She definitely seems like that. Let's talk about Will and Grace. <laughs> so, they have the main A-plot this week. Yes. Which has Light Danner in it. Light Danner! Who we love. We love her. We love her so much that every single time she shows up on the show, we forget what Will's mom's name is and have to look it up. It's Marilyn. It's Marilyn, but we're always just like, it's Light Danner! Yay! So, this week, Blythe Danner is hanging out with Grace, actually, not Will. Yes, because um, Will is too busy with the office potluck. Which I was so sad that we did not get to see. We got to see enough of it, I think. Just, like, a tiny, tiny bit of it. Like, we got to see, like, the second gayest gay in the office get mad at Will for being gayer than him, basically. Yes. And we also got to see Connie hit on Will. Oh, my God. She's, like, the weirdest, best recurring character, because I'm, mm-hmm. like, I'm so sad for you. But I guess every time you show up, I'm amused, so. Mm-hmm. She sort of is, like, if... So for for friends of the show, people mm-hmm. who've been paying attention for a while, we like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. She kind what? of what? Yes, we're Crazy Ex-Girlfriend fans. Yes. Are you sure? I checked. Okay. I wrote it down somewhere. Great. 
Um, he kind of reminds me of Karen from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Like, that energy of, like, clearly mentally ill. Right. Um, but her, instead of being, like, having manic episodes, her thing is that she just kind of has a thing for Will. Right. Which, sad, but... She, like, tries to, like, make some sort of, like, we could cook together thing, but then it just sort yeah. of... Yeah. Then, I, if I remember correctly, she says something like, he could fillet her or <laughs> su- or light her on fire in some kind of way. It's It sounded very violent. It's very sad. I, I think... Poor Carol, or whatever her name is. Connie, come I don't, on. <laughs> Carol, Connie, Karen, they're all the same. They all just want Will's D. They want Will's D. But they always want what they can't have, because Will is a homosexual. He is a homo-homosexual. But anyways, so Blythe and Grace are hanging out, because reasons? To, I don't know. They went to see some Broadway show that Billy Crystal was in, and Blythe was delighted to learn a bunch of, like, Yiddish-ish phrases. Yes. Yiddish-ish is a great way to say it. I couldn't tell if this was, like, a thing that was actually happening at the time of the show, or if it was just, like, a parody. I have no idea. Like, one never knows with this, with this TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, so, they're having such a good time that uh, Marilyn invites Grace back to her ladies' tea, I believe she calls it. Which is not a holiday party. It's not a holiday party, but it is a ladies' tea, which is... As we all know, of course. A tea for ladies. A formal engagement where you go over to someone's house and you enjoy tea and presumably alcohol, I assume. They're wasps. It's definitely like there's a teapot present, but I don't know that any tea is actually consumed. I think it's like a BYOB where it's gauche to like ask for alcohol, but like you bring your own and you just kind of like tip it in. You're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. This pour, is pour, 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 Yep. Glug, yeah. glug, glug. And so while Grace is attending the ladies' tea, she's trying to get at the cashews? I believe yes. it was cashews. She's got her hand all the way in the cashew jar. Trying to get her hand in the cashew jar. But for some reason, Blythe Danner has decided to put her figurine of a bashful geisha yes. in front of the cashews. So this seemed like it was clearly a parody of something. I'm not 100% sure what. It sort of seems like Hummel dolls, but racist. Yes. Not that Hummel dolls aren't racist. I feel like they probably are, but I don't have time to go into that. But Hummel dolls are at least portraying white people normally. True. Whereas these were like figurines of Asian descent. Right. For some reason. So for some reason, she had a beautiful Asian racist figurine mm-hmm. called the Beautiful Geisha, which has a name, which she knew, mm-hmm. and I've forgotten because it wasn't important. I just don't like to remember racist things. <laughs> That's a good policy. <laughs> it it's doesn't smart. actually work out that well for me as a white person. No, like, it doesn't. I really should remember the things. You should. So that I can own up for my people's stupidness. So she knocks over the bashful geisha, and she breaks it. Yes. And then, in true grace form, kicks it under the sofa (laughs) and leaves. But then she goes to Will, and she's like, Ah! Oh no, I broke this! I'm full of Jewish guilt! And it's funny because Grace is kind of presenting it as like, Ah, I'm like the worst for having this Jewish guilt, but I have it. And Will is like, Oh no, you should have it. Like... This is, like, more important than some of my family members. And then in somehow we also, somewhere in the conversation, we also learn that Will wasn't held as a baby for the first year of his life. because Which explains so much. Yes, uh, so much. Because she liked the geisha better than him or some shit. Anyways, point being, Will is very damaged. He's like, oh, no, no. We mustn't tell her. (laughs) We must not let her know. Maybe she won't notice. And it's like, obviously she'll notice. Which is weird that she was, he was like... Maybe she won't notice this thing that is more treasure than life. Like, it wasn't even like a, let's try to replace the beautiful geisha. Well, we can't because the factory was shut down <laughs> by, I don't know, the Japanese embassy or something? It did like, kind of sound like it was a war crime, yes. Yes, this definitely broke the Geneva Convention in some way. But then we have this marvelous, like, recurring plot that, frankly, I'm going to take credit for. I called right away. Yes. Where 
Blythe Danner comes in and pretends like she doesn't know that it was Grace who broke the geisha. And is like, oh, William, what a horrible thing has happened to me. Someone has broken the bashful geisha. That's a great Blythe Danner. I agree. You it's, could be an impersonator. I could. <laughs> but so she does this, this extreme performance, and mm-hmm. then starts to, like, pin it on various people that she thinks it could be, and then, like, plot her revenge. Mm-hmm. And so there's a moment where she's just like, oh, I, what was her name? Skippy something. I didn't write down Skippy's name, but Skippy's a good name for Skippy. I think it was Skippy. It's, it's you know, one of those, like, waspy names where it sounds like She was like the one who brought belongs, too much alcohol to the party. It belongs, like, it sounds like it belongs to a dog or something. <laughs> Um, but yes, it was Skippy is taking the blame, um, and mm-hmm. she, and she's German apparently. This is a, somehow relevant. Skippy is a classic German name, of as uh, yes, or something. Yeah, Skippy is very common in Germany. But it's funny because Grace like does like want to do the right thing here and be yes. like, "I did it. I'm so sorry." And Will is like, "You can't do that. She'll never speak to you again." As if that's the worst thing in the world, right? But so Will convinces her that they have to lie, mm-hmm. and so Grace is consumed by some variety of Jewish guilt and uh, lies, and it kind of like it's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, Skippy definitely was over admiring your geisha," and then Blythe Danner's like, "I'm going to go pour bleach on her roses in the spring," <laughs> and it's just like, she's like, "And when I," and she's like, "Well." No, it couldn't have been Skippy for X, Y, Z reasons. She's like, but when I find out who does this, I'm going to pour bleach on something they love. <laughs> and my first thought was, oh no, she's going to pour bleach on Will. <laughs> <laughs> Life Dead of this episode is kind of like Tennessee Williams meets Nancy Drew. Yes, like, <laughs> a little. <laughs> like, it's just like so melodramatic, so low stakes. Yes, the stakes could not be lower. <laughs> um, but so then she comes back later after grace is still consumed with this guilt right and she's just like oh well you remember fiona the woman who held you because i didn't yes she is our housekeeper but she's more like family no she's not (laughs) um and so then she tells will that well because she can't do it because it's so gauche but he she needs will to fire fiona because fiona absolutely broke the bashful gay show. And then she just leaves the two of them to, like, stew in their, like, guilt and suspicion. Yes, and, like but then Grace, tapping into some, like, deep, dark hole in her heart is, like, Fiona, like, returns, and she's just like, Fiona, you're fired. Like, <laughs> she's fully prepared to let this woman's livelihood go to shit so that Blythe Danner still likes her. And Which honestly, says a lot. I can relate, because there have been days when I've been dealing with your mom, and I'm just like... Yeah, I would totally let a woman get fired just to not have to have her hate me anymore. That would be great. But it goes on pretty far. I mean, like, eventually Blythe Danner does, like, come out and be like, oh, my God. She, and so she knew it was Grace all along, yeah. obviously. And then, you know, considering that, pretty much it's pretty low-key. Like, yeah. she doesn't threaten Grace's life or anything. No. And then she presents her with a box of she chocolates. She does give her a bleached box of chocolates. And then Grace is like, oh, see? not that mad and was like i wouldn't eat that because it's clearly <laughs> full of bleach she somehow bleached the candy that's just so what i'm understanding is that Blythe dinner is prepared to kill over <laughs> this geisha she is fully prepared to kill someone i mean that's a bold character choice but it's supported by numerous prior episodes yes like i do believe that Blythe dinner would 100 percent poison grace Mm-hmm. For breaking the beautiful geisha. It's the bashful geisha. Whatever. Get it right. She's not beautiful. She's an ugly, shy geisha. And she's probably beautiful, but she's mostly shy. <laughs> so we should say she's a shy, ugly geisha. Probably beautiful, but mostly shy is, like, possibly the best new Twitter handle I've come up with in a long time. <laughs> 
Oh, that's not the whole episode this week. Yeah. It's kind of like a fun, frothy Christmas episode. Yes. It didn't make any of us tap into our emotional childhood traumas. No lesbians came out in this episode, despite mm-hmm. the fact that we learned last episode that lesbians come out at Christmas. Neither of our parents poured bleach on anything we loved when we were children. That we know That of. we know of, yeah. We're not going home till like, a couple days from now, so that could change. It could change. Speaking of going home. So, <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy Yay. Hanukkah. Kwanzaa, happy Kwanzaa. Um, the holidays are upon us, friends, and that means that your favorite podcasters of this mid-tier Will and Grace podcast that's free on iTunes, Podbean, and Spotify um, will be taking a break. A Christmas break. See, it comes full circle, because that's the title of the episode. Yes. Get it? We get it. Do you get it? Missouri gets it. Okay. Don't you, Missouri. Good so- boy, Missouri. <laughs> Good boy, Missouri. So, we're going to take two weeks off since we'll be traveling home for the holidays and Mm -hmm. just don't want to have to worry about lugging our podcasting equipment home with us or... Trying to record in front of our families. Or rushing home to do it when we get home off the airplane. We're just... We're going to take... We're going to take a week to visit our families and then we're going to take a week of vacation. It's a vacation. But we'll be back in two weeks. So, uh, I don't know what that is off the top of my head. I think it's January 8th, give or take. Ish. Um, Whatever that Thursday is. We'll return. Um, So, we won't see you i mean we never see you because it's a podcast and normally you don't see the people who who listen to your stuff but you won't hear us until after the new year so hopefully there's not another secret y2k thing but assuming that no there is supposed to be another y2k thing in like 30 years oh but not like in not this year not okay not in two weeks i don't think anything's happening with 2020 but i did hear that like weirdly 2036 might be a problem okay well, Tess, do you want to tell people where they can find us if we mysteriously don't return in 2020? Yes. If for some reason we are missing in action and you need to hear an archived episode of this podcast, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on Podbean. You can also look us up on the interwebs. Our social media is at Not A Couple Show on Twitter and then Not A Couple Podcast on Facebook and Tumblr. All right. Thanks so much for listening to us this week, everybody. We're excited to uh, talk to you again in a couple of weeks when we return with more Will and Grace. Happy Santa! Sliding down your hole at Christmas! We're not explaining that. Goodbye! Goodbye! I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this has been Not a Couple. Bye-bye! This episode of Not a Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Hi, Liza! Happy Holidays! This episode of Not A Couple was brought to you by Bleach. It's good for everything. Cooking. Eating. Poisoning. Murder. That's it.